that I will record this call. So I'm starting to record now. We will, this will be a work talk. This is not a, this is not a talk from me. I'm, I won't be speaking for two hours, hopefully. This will be a work talk where you get to work actually. And so this will, there will be exercises, we'll break out in breakout room. And I just wanna let people know this because if you will, you will have a chance to look into yourself, to go to the edge of your knowledge or your, your comfort zone, what seems normal or ordinary. And with that experience, that experience of moving at the edge of your comfort zone, which in terms of possibility management, we call your box. So I'll be using the word box tonight, which is the survival strategy that you've built around yourself and different work, uh, call it with different names. So it's some, some work call it ego or comfort zone or worldview or characteristic or personality. All of this is the same as the word that I'm using, box. So during this two hours, there will be, while I'm talking and doing the exercise, you'll go to the edge of your box and you might start feeling something. And so if, I, I, I wanna make it clear, so if it is not okay for you to feel or to somehow reveal yourself to a certain degree or be um, uncomfortably at the edge of your comfort zone, this just might not be the space you wanna spend your two hours tonight. And that's completely okay. There's no right and wrong in this domain. And, but I just wanted to let you know, so this would be your chance if you wanna turn off the Zoom, say, okay, this is not for me. I'm gonna watch a great movie. I'm gonna go for a walk in the woods. Um, it's completely fine. But this would be the time. We have 30 people. And it seems we still have 30 people. So here we are, edge workers, ready to go to the edge of our box. Okay. This other part is that I, this is not school. In a way, it's not so well represented here on a Zoom, but here we are sitting in a circle. And a circle, a circle does not have, it does have a beginning, but it doesn't have an end. So I am not the authority here, the authority figure that says how it goes or that has the right answer. I mean, how many people here have not been to school? If you put your hand up, how many people have not been to school? Okay, not enough. Not enough people have not been to school. So in school, we have learned to give our authority away to the person sitting across from us. And that the person across from us has the right answer and, and that answer will be on the test. And so if you don't learn the right answer that the authority figures have, you will have a bad grade, you'll be humiliated, you might be punished by your parents, you will have a little card from the principals going to your parents and so on. I mean, so this is our first 
lesson sort of, or like teaching or attention to put on about how we've been trained to care for our authority. The way we've been trained to care for our authority is to give it away to the person that seems higher, higher up than us in the authority, like hierarchy and the, in the authority system. So for example, in a patriarchy, a man would have more authority than a woman. It just goes like this. It's part of the structure of the patriarchy. In school, the teacher has more authority than students. So you don't get to question the teacher. I mean, how many people here have tried to question the teacher across from you? How many people have tried to do this? Okay, a number of you. Okay, I was a good student at school. So I did not question the teacher. I was a good girl box that learned really well and was a straight A student. I mean, what, would a couple of you share what happened? What happened when you confronted the teacher, the authority figure? Yeah, Nicole. I was told not to think for myself until fourth year. Wow, they said that, do not think for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Susanne? Yeah, I was shown that uh, the, the um, borders of my knowledge and was ridiculed before the class. Yeah. Thank you, yeah, Lisa. Uh, I was given um, a lower grade uh, with the um, clear and open explanation that the work was actually good, but it um, was in contradiction to her belief. Thank you. I mean, this, this, push us, this corners us into the choice of, well, wait a second. If I'm in contradiction with the authority figure, then I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting punished. So why would I be doing that? Why would I ever be in contradiction with what the authority figure says? I mean, often there's two ways to go is Either somebody takes on the good girl box, the good boy box, and this is, I'm going to fit in. I'm going to exactly know what the authority figure wants and give, it, give them what they want before they even know that they want this. So how many people have this kind of behavior? You automatically know who's the authority figure in the space and you just fit right in what they want. Okay. Thank you. And then the other path is just to be a rebel, be a complete rebel, to be a complete fuck you. How many people have that kind of behavior? Okay. Great, thank you. But it doesn't give us a chance to still be ourselves because to fit into the rules, as much as when you fight the rules, you still uh, you're still shaped by the rule because you're fighting the rule instead of being completely free 
and creative and doing what you want to create, you're still fighting because the system, the authority figure still owns you as much as if you're following the rule. I, before we keep going, I received a, a message a few days ago about a man who is going through this process of breaking through, breaking, like cracking apart, burning, really burning this fitting in, smiley, nice, likable person without authority and without authenticity. And I'd like to read you this message because in a way it's so clear, clearer than any, really anything that I could say because it comes from his pure experience right now. So it's quite long and I might just stop in the middle and to ask you some questions, but there it goes. Part of my journey, this is the men speaking, part of my journey is seeing how crippling my niceness, my charm and my charisma have been. A few weeks ago, I received some feedback that made it so hard, that made it so that for about 36 hours, I could no longer not see the unbelievable high price I have paid and continue to pay in my life for the sake of being a smiley, likable guy. I have forfeit, forfeited my authenticity and I would add his authority. This forfeit has gotten, has gotten me a life that to almost everyone around me looks really good, quote unquote. What a golden handcuff that really good is. How many people here radiate this image that you have a really good life, but inside there's something that is dying? How many people have this? Okay, so you probably have some relationship to what this man is talking about. During those 36 hours, I went through an emotional healing process, but all throughout I was being worked. My body shook everywhere. Tears were in my eyes constantly. An involuntary rage seared through my body. How did, how did this happen? When did I install this inauthentic, inauthenticity software? How is it that I live in a world where at every turn, I see more encouragement for being inauthentic, for smiling more, for having no balls, no spine, and no one at home? The weeks since this moment happened have been really wildly different in my relationship. Well, I've seen me wildly different in my relationships. A new and inel inelegant intolerance at the ways I've built connection in my life has emerged. And I've begun to take radical action. In the past, I've liked the notion of saying the scary thing that risks the relationship I have in order to finally have a chance of creating the relationships I want. 
I thought this was a very, it was a pretty idea. And now in these last weeks, I'm living it in a way that is rocking my world. Each relationship has needed a kind of destroying and reset. And my gremlin, which is the active part of your box, and my gremlin has been so helpfully and lovingly indispensable in finally letting me say the things that my box was unable to say. So that his survival strategy was not allowed to say. There was rules in his survival strategy that did not allow him to, to speak. It was filtering what he could say and it was filtering what he could also receive actually. He writes, I am crying writing this. Some friends who've encountered me during this phase have told me they'd need to take a long pause from a relationship with me. When one friend who I told I cannot be for the duration of this experiment initially freaked out. And then the next day sent me a text thanking me for my courage. Another friend told me, you have a great personality, one of the best, and everyone likes it. And if that personality is coming at too high cost, I am, I am in your court as you go through your process. What could I even say to a friend who say such a thing? I, I could only say, I couldn't say anything other than you have no idea how much that means to me. And he tells the story of a last friend. There's a last friend that I'm working with now. When I told him that I could no longer tolerate the way I have been in our connection and that I wanted something different, his answer was essentially no. This friend is powerful, wealthy, and I have looked up to him and giving him my center and actually also his authority for years. There's been a benefit of knowing him and of actually giving his center away to him. He sends me clients, he gives me money, he introduced me to important people, but what is the price? The price is my dignity. Yes, my priceless dignity has been the price and I didn't even know that until recently. Right now I stand in my terror as that relationship crumble. My box is freaking out, my heart feels broken. But my commitment to myself and my path does not feel broken. And this is new for me. Thank you for reading this and doing this work with me. In my experience, intimacy Extraordinary intimacy, because there's all sorts of intimacy. Extraordinary intimacy starts at the edge of your comfort zone. This means that the price, it's like the coin, the, the, the currency you have to put on the table for extraordinary intimacy is the complete sacrifice 
of your dead mechanical survival strategies. You have to put them on the table and sacrifice them so that you can enter the realm, the domain of extraordinary intimacy. I mean, and you would wonder what does it have to do with authority? Authority is our ability to choose. It's our ability to ask. It's our ability to declare. It's our ability to create something that we have never witnessed before, for example. I mean, when I was thinking about tonight, I thought about having made that promise looking at my parents and promising I will never have intimacy the way my parents did. How many people made some kind of vow like this, some kind of promise or decision? Okay. How many, how many of you, I mean, I've noticed, I did that too. Like how many of you have found yourself in a relationship and waking up one morning and, and realizing, oh my God, I, this is, I'm, I'm replicating what my parents have created. I'm having the same fights. I'm having the same arguments. I mean, and, and it's like, okay, how come, how, how is that possible? Well, from my experience is because we have not been initiated into adulthood. We have not had the authentic adulthood and archetypal initiatory processes that would allow us to take back our authority to ask, choose, declare, create something that we have never witnessed before. It is not allowed to contradict the teacher gives you punishment. So where would you find the place in you where you could create something completely different from what you witness in your parents, in your friends' parents, in your teachers, when you get older, in, in your friends' relationship, marriage, having a baby, raising a baby, where, where could you find that? Well, the thing is, I haven't found it, I haven't found found those ways anywhere but in myself. And authority, if when reclaiming your authority, I mean, we've given our authority away for things that are so simple. Like how many people here have ever eaten a salad with a spoon? Okay, some. About, about half. And in, in a way it's, okay, all of you other guys, you haven't reclaimed your authority of the possibility of eating salad with a spoon. So in a, the, the salad has rules. How do you eat the salad? What's in the salad? How do you put the cutlery on the table? What is the brand of jam that you buy? How do you get in bed? On which side of the bed you, you're asleep on? Do you brush your teeth alone or always with your partner? How do you say hello? I mean, I know there's a number of possibility managers here, but 
you know? This is a possibility manager's way of saying hello. You can try it. If you try it, you'll see you'll become like completely awake. It like moves your nerves, your brain cell. Come on, Pontus. We want you to be awake with us. <laughs> okay. How many people have said, I've said, how many people had that option of saying hello before I did it? What, Susanne? <laughs> okay, did you ever greet your mother like this? Okay, we, so this is, this is it. I mean, this is what we're talking about in terms of our authority, of our authority of creating, of improvising, of being in a small now and a small here, being present with, without the prisons that we've locked ourselves in. We've locked ourselves in a number of prisons, which are construct, the energetic prisons. And each of those prisons takes a number of emotional healing process and initiations to get out of. One of the prison is, I'm gonna say this and it might sound weird, but the first prison is in a way, it's our mom's belly. And yes, our mom's belly is wonderful and it's a beautiful place to be in and a nourishing, but a number of us have not yet been born out of our mom's belly. Some of us are still not have decided to live. And so we keep looking for the sensation of the mom's belly. The thing is at the edge of the box where intimacy happens, it feels very different from the mom's belly. So then every move that would, that would bring you to the edge to bring you to intimacy, it would be, oh, no, 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 no. Let's go back into the marshmallow zone. If after the mom's belly, the next prison is a parent's bubble full of their value, of their, um, their, their in a way, their religion or political party or uh, lineage, like I was born in an aristocratic family and that carries a lot, of a lot of value in ways to interact with people and social status and on and on and on. The next prison is school. You've all been to school. There's so many rules and ways that schools teach you to give your authority away. The next prison is patriarchy. Patriarchy, which is the basis of the culture of modern culture, has no intention ever to give your authority to you. It has no ways, no mechanism, no initiation, no emotional healing process for you to get your authority. Because what if, what if you had your authority back? Well, I'm guessing, I mean, this is a wild guess. But what if, what if women all of a sudden, like women all over the world, we have half, half the population. If women all over the world said to their husband or partner, if you work for a corporate job tomorrow, if you walk in that corporate job tomorrow, I leave you. I take the kids, I take the money, I leave you. What would happen to the patriarchy? 
mean, in a way, this talk is about intimacy start with your authority. And I'm making it a little bigger than this. I'm making it who, who would you be if you had your authority to choose, to create, to ask the question that you were never allowed to ask? You know, and that it could start here. So I'm, I'll speak for a little bit, but then I want to give a space for question. Find a place in you where new, new question can be born. This is a practice to regain your, your ability to ask dangerous question. Question at the edge of your box, probably at the edge of my box, at the edge of the box of this space. How much can we hold? How much can we go on a discovery journey together about what is possible? Who can you be? What can you create? I mean, I'm sort of jumping around here, but I, I discovered in myself that if I'm creating something out of my being, something out of my archetypal lineage, out of my mission about out of why am I here? When I'm creating something, then it's so much easier to have intimacy because I don't need to be a victim of the other person's conversation. I know exactly the conversation I want to have. I know exactly the connection I want to have. I've told clarity about what space I can create and the space I want to invite people in. But as much as being a victim of a job, a victim of your relationship with your parent, a victim of being a national of a particular country, this is the conversation, this is the intimacy that will be brought forth. In, in, the, in the prisons, after the patriarchy, there's this huge prison that is called the Linear Life Plan. This is the sixth prison. And the linear life plan goes something like, I'm born, I go to kindergarten, preschool, I go to school, I go to high school, I go to college. If I'm rich enough in America, if I'm intelligent enough in Europe, and then I have a job, maybe I find somebody I like, I marry them, I have children. I'm bored with them, I divorce them, I get a dog, I found another girlfriend, another boyfriend, and maybe I like them enough that I'm going to get old with them, maybe I separate them, and then I get to the end of, I'm about 50 or 60 years old, I'm too old to work, so I retire, I'm hoping that I have a pension large enough to sustain me, and then I go into old people's home. This is the linear life plan. I mean, how many, I was thinking about this too. How many people have been to school, like higher, higher than high school, like after 18 years old, how many people have been to school because your parents wanted you to go to school, like college or university? I'm suspicious that there's a little more than that. Thank you. 
I can add that I went even to high school uh, in against my father's will. <laughs> so it's also in the group. Okay. Thank you. So anything about this? Because right now I'm sort of opening a space for any sharing about how how does that echo in your life or resonate or um, maybe your own pain or feelings about the territories that we just moved into together. Yeah, Aniska. I can add that some uh, seven, eight years later, I found myself doing a PhD and I had a burnout. And then another three years later or two years later, I found out that I had that burnout because somewhere far back, I did that PhD to make my father proud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Tatiana. Yeah, my parents always said, education is the only thing that we can give you because they thought about themselves. They, they are not rich people. And it's sad, sad. And I'm still doing this, getting more degrees and more degrees. Like I have kind of three master degrees and yeah, and it's not taking me anywhere. It's only eating up my lifetime and I'm, I'm sad about that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's some people, there's two screens and I might not see you. So if you want to speak, just, um, just speak, go ahead. I mean, this is an example of how we don't have our authority. We have a group of people here. I mean, most of you guys know each other to a certain degree. Some of you guys I knew. And even in, in such a space, your authority to choose to speak or to not speak, your authority to ask question, your authority to declare, to take a stand, to share, to be a, a question for yourself, or to create, a, like to create something is reduced. 
I mean, were, would anybody share, why were you not sharing or asking? Yeah, Nicole. And... Say... <laughs> Go ahead, Anna Svenja. Um, I, I just wasn't sure, really. I, I was still trying to find out the, the rules, the set of rules. So I was not sure if there's, there was a time for questions now or more for sharing about experience with, um, with this. But I have a question and I will ask it now. My question is um, often this feeling that somehow um, or claiming my authority for me often starts with something very unclear, with, with some emotional discomfort or with some whatever I'm still trying to find that place and it's not a, it's not straight away a place of clarity so I wonder how to get to to clarity and to keep the clarity and not get stuck in another concept like on the way and, and become like stubborn and fighting and get lost in this struggle thank you I mean, that's a, it's an important question. And the, the path that I've explored, and, and it might be different for different people, but the path that I explored was to reclaim my authority, I needed to reclaim my ability to feel. Actually, I needed to reclaim my authority that it was okay for me to feel and to be angry and to be scared and to be sad and ultimately also reclaim my ability to be glad. And so a number of people here have been into rage clubs. And then just last night we finished a fear club. And those are really practical step in terms of finding this clarity because the experience of the information and energy coming out of anger, fear, sadness, and joy, nobody can tell you it's wrong. It's such a powerful force coming from inside that no concept or uh, ideas from across can tell you, oh no, that's not true. You, were you gonna say something else? Anna no, Spen yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably the place then for this, yeah. No, that helps, I mean, it's, yeah. I understand it's more about going deep, deeper into these feelings first and opening them, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Nicole and Shannon, you, Nicole. I didn't share because I have so much to share because I've been holding back my voice and my presence and my creativity for so long that when I finally get the opportunity, I'm like a deer in the headlights. I have so much in me to say so many feelings, to feel so many emotions, to feel from the past that I become like, a, it's like all these fish trying to get out of a hole in a dam and they're all stuck because there's so many of them trying to get through at the same time. Thank you. Nicole. Thank you. We need you. We need your voice. We need your clarity. We need your authority. We need the stories of your journey. 
And really it's a matter of opening your mouth and seeing what the first fish, what is the first fish, fish that comes out and let it, let it go up river, down river. We need it, everybody here. Okay. I didn't share, I didn't share because I thought my share um, wasn't important or relevant. How many other people had something similar to Mia? Wasn't important or relevant or interesting enough? <clears throat> Can I share? Mm -hmm. Um, and now that you say that, it's like, well, I think it is important enough to share. Um, so about four and a half years ago, I um, sort of like abandoned my life as I knew it, my normal life in, in, in regular culture and sold my house, sold, not sold, gave away all my stuff and have very few possessions and live in community and and have moved many times like probably maybe 10 times well five times since then and um what i notice is that lots of other people don't like that my daughter doesn't like that my relatives don't like that my old neighbors don't like that or understand it um and so <clears throat> Um, it's a bit I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say lonely. It's, it's, it's made it, uh, me sort of leave those relationships in a way. Not my daughter. She's kind of coming back, but like people don't understand I think that's why the first fish goes, no, stop. All you other fish, don't go. They'll hate you. Maybe you should fry that fish. <laughs> you just eat it. <laughs> Sounds like a tasty dinner. Yeah. yeah. And I did, I did fry that fish. I fried that fish who tried to keep me safe. And, and now I'm trying to bring him back to life so that he can, so that we can do that job together. Thank you. Shannon, yeah. And Chloe, I didn't share because the question was how many of your, your parents wanted you to go to college and, and mine didn't. My mom never put that pressure on me. It was me who did it, who put that pressure uh, because I saw other kids doing it and I went to go work on cruise ships and we had to write a bio and I, re I realized all my friends had degrees and I didn't and it made me feel less than. But it was not something that my mom told me I had to do 
ever. And I, and I'm feeling I, as you're sharing, my mom never told me there was a right fork to use. And we always used the little forks and little plates to eat dinner. Cause those were fun. And I wasn't brought up with any kind of religion because we just, my, my grandparents just let go of Catholicism when they came to the States. And my mom tried to admit me into this little, um, this Catholic school and they, they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't let her in because I was illegitimate. And a couple of weeks later, they, um, these nuns came knocking on the door asking if there were any children for the school. And my mom was just, just like really against any kind of, of organized religion after that. And I, as you were talking, I, I felt grateful that I didn't have so many um, of those, those beliefs put on me that, that, that I could make decisions and whatever I decided was okay. I didn't have those pressures. And what's interesting is I married into all of that. And, and I moved into having the fork on the left and behaving a certain way and, and, so and why not. Is that? Why is that Shannon? Because it's what everybody else was doing and I wanted to fit in. Thank you. I mean, I interrupted you. Do you want, did you want to say anything more? No, no, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling at and, and grateful for, for what my mom didn't do. She never even checked my homework. She just trusted me that I could take care of myself. And she never put on any pressure on me to, to behave a certain way or bring home certain grades or do anything. Shannon, um, I want to say something because I, I saw your hand, Aniska. Um, because I had a really amazing mom. I had the stories about my mom, how she was great. And then the more I would look into my own behavior, I would... I, I saw how much I copied her and how much she was brought into the patriarchy and how she taught me to use my sexual energy to manipulate and control men and how she taught me to be scared and how she taught me. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that you have great stories about your mom and. Okay. As relate, as it relates to education. The flip side is absolutely. And, and not only my mom, but my grandmother and my aunties. And I saw how they were strong women and yet they married men and became weak. And I thought, oh my God, I'm not gonna let that happen to me. And then I did. And I remember my mom saying to me, she said, you are such a strong woman. Why are you so weak with your husband? And I said, because that's what you did. That's what you do. That's all I know how. And, and it was really interesting for us to just look. I remember that moment of just like being with her and just like dumbfounded, dumbfounded that we were in this place of being like just really strong women and, and just really weak 
and unable to express our needs and wants and, and, and get them met with the people that we were connected to in partnership. Yes, and the sexual energy, everything that you just said, all of that. Yeah. Okay. And she left me alone. My mom, she would leave me. We would be in the middle of playing. And I remember being nine years old and my mom would say, oh, I've got a date, I've got to go. And she would just leave me alone. And, and then when, it was, when I was in high school, it was whole weekends of being left alone to go be with her boyfriend. And I was just alone, 14 years old, all weekend. So my mom, I, you know, I, I love her and I'm grateful for her, but she was, you know, she, she also had her things too. Okay, thank you. Aneska. When Shannon was speaking, I was reminded about the um, this desire to fit in. Like uh, I had a kind of fucked up childhood, uh, and I weren't allowed to choose my friends. Um, and everything I wanted from when I was like six, seven-ish, until I was around 20, was to be normal. Like, I just wanted to fit in and have friends because I didn't have that when I was, like, before I moved from home. Uh, That was, like, quite strong. Aniska, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What did you sacrifice to fit in? Um... I was kind of like sacrificing something really subtle because I had a lot of fun when I started having friends, but I was really like, I was being nice to everyone. I was sacrificing basically, I guess my, my anger and my boundaries. Yeah. I mean, also when I dated men, both in that period and afterwards. I want to, I mean, this is where I want to go with you in the, in this next exercise or in in this practice. It's not really an exercise. It's a practice because just like in this letter of this man and what you shared in Nesca and, and in a way where we are is what have we sacrificed on the altar of fitting in? What have we sacrificed in the altar of being loved and being accepted? And then the flip coin of that is, how can anybody love us when we're not even being ourselves? Like, How is it even possible to be in intimacy, to be in relationship, when we have sacrificed what makes us us, our anger, our boundary, what we care about, what we want, what we don't want, what we say yes to, what we say no to. And so we put on this show and people fall in love with this show and there we are, we're, we're fucked. I mean, we're stuck. 
how can we be anything else different because they fell in love with the show but, and, we're, and you're dying inside, we're dying inside. And we found ourselves waking up at 30 years old, 40, 50, 60 years old. You know, how, how did I do that to myself? How could I have tortured and sacrificed my, myself on the altar of receiving love that only goes to my show? I mean, in ways, completely insane, put, put that way. But we managed to twist ourselves into, into that scene. So the practice I wanna offer, and it's the beginning of a longer practice that you can do once a day for the next three months. And the practice is to declare reclaiming your authority. So we'll do this in pairs. And there will one be, one person will reclaim, will declare reclaiming their authority. Start with small things. And one person will just be the listener. And the listener, you can repeat back what you've heard them say. So it lands back in them. And the first person, you look at this person across from you. And this is for you. It has nothing to do with them. But you do this in connection and you say, I take back my authority. What did I say earlier? To go to bed exactly the way I want or a different way every night. I reclaim my authority to go to bed in a different way every night. And then you give example, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump like a rabbit in bed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall like an angel. I, next time I will crawl under the blanket by the feet and crawl myself up all the way to the top. I mean, what, if you live with a partner, can you imagine the space that it would open? Instead of, I'm going on my side of the bed, I put the blanket on, good night, dear, <laughs> good night, dear, look, night's off. I mean, you know, I, how many people have seen Pleasantville? It's like, how many people have seen Pleasantville, the movie? You should see it, everybody should see it, Pleasantville. And it's this, Ding dong. Like, no, the, the husband come home and he's like, honey, I'm home. Where's the meatloaf? Next day, honey, I'm home. Where's the meatloaf? And it's like, I mean, this is it. You know, going to bed every time on your side of the bed, it's the same thing. And it's completely dead. It's completely dead. So, and you can, so you can reclaim your authority. You can say, I reclaim the authority to fire my boss. And I'm gonna do it, and, I, and this is five different ways I can fire my boss. I'm gonna call my boss and say, I'm firing you, I'm going on a two year world tour, good luck with your adventures, clue. I, I go to work the next day and, and you just tell him, I'm firing you and I won't be here for the, you know, I won't, be, I won't come back, this is my last day. I mean, it, um, you can say, I reclaim my authority to go into the fridge and pick five different ingredients that I've never put together and make one of those most delicious sandwiches and just eat it with somebody. I reclaim my authority to not stop talking when the authority figure comes into the space. 
I reclaim my authority to not stop talking when men come into the space. I reclaim my authority to say no to women with clarity, whatever. I reclaim my authority to feel and to declare my feeling. And if other people don't wanna hear it, it's not my problem. I reclaim my authority to do that. So on and on and on, there's millions of things you can reclaim your authority for. And this is about looking into yourself and seeing where you've, you've given away your authority to create something that you've never witnessed. You've given your authority to rules. You've given your authority to the way it should be in a way that you, you're dead. You're a zombie. And giving your authority away to rules is somebody push the button and we'll get the same answer over and over again. That's like a robot, like a zombie. Okay. Any questions about how this goes? Okay, I'm gonna break you out in groups of two. If you find yourself in groups of three, for whatever reason, I just, um, just get, use your authority to figure out how you're gonna make it happen. Okay. How much time do you give? Uh... Yes, about uh, eight minutes. So keep, when you've done one, Okay, yes, you say, I reclaim my authority to this thing about I get, out, get into my bed the way I want at night. And then you give examples. Give two or three, four examples of how you could do this. And then you go to the next one. I reclaim my authority to declare my feelings in any circumstances. Even, and then you can say, even in front of my boss, even in front of strangers, even whatever. And then you go to the next and you can write them down for your own, you know, at the end, I'll give you one or two minutes to write down, write them down. Okay, here we go. And, and the partner repeats what has yes, been said. Yes, and the partner, if, like I heard you say, you're reclaiming your authority too. So do not repeat the example, you just repeat back the authority that you just reclaimed. Okay, here we go. Eight minutes each or eight yes, minutes? Eight minutes each. Uh -huh. I'll tell you when to switch. I'll tell you when to change partners. Okay, do you have a, a room or not? No. How did it, that, how did that happen? You know, I think it's the device I'm on. This happened to me yesterday. Okay. Huh? I'm going to call back uh, Gabriella.
Hi. 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 I, I was driving, that's why I was muted and I had low internet. I just parked for this because it was horrible traffic. So I'm, I'm stable now. Okay. Would you do this exercise with Kay here in the main room? Yes. Okay. Do you have a preference, Gabriella, about going first or second? Um, I would like to go second. Okay. There is also Carla with us. Yeah, I don't know. She just came in, so okay. just go ahead. Oh, I reclaim my authority to uh, have options about the way I sleep in my bed. So sleeping upside down with my head at the bottom, with my head at the side. Um, yeah, all kinds of permutations. And you want to repeat the, the declaration, Gabriella? You reclaim your authority of sleeping the way you want in the bed. With your upside down or however you want. Yeah, just you could just say the just the short sentence. Um, thank you. I reclaim my authority to uh, be fully present and in my authority around men who are speaking in declarative sentences. Um, you you reclaim your authority to be fully present in the presence of men who speak in a declared way. Yes, and experiment around that by, I don't know, walking out, speaking loudly, uh, saying you're speaking in a declarative way, like trying different things. I want to give you another option, Kay, is to ask, yeah. to, to ask them, saying, what is, what is your purpose right now? Oh, I like that. What is your purpose right now? And then you uh, wait, and you just wait for the answer. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, that makes me like <laughs> happy. Um, I am reclaiming my authority to go outside in these times, COVID. You reclaim your authority to go outside in these times of COVID. Yeah, and so, for example, driving somewhere where I don't even know where I'm going, walking mm. up and down my street, um, driving to this town north of here and, and just walking around. So going places I don't even know where I'm going. You declare your authority of going places where you don't know where you're going. I reclaim my authority to do different things out of my habit when I wake up in the morning. So not doing yoga, not drinking tea, not um, just doing some, maybe go run up and down the stairs 
or open the front door and go outside or um start talking to somebody in the house you can do um cartwheel in the hallway <laughs> or crawl crawl on the floor yeah thanks i love these suggestions <laughs> Yeah. You you can pretend you are a turtle in the morning. A turtle. Like a turtle. Walk like a turtle. Yes. I love that. I love that. Thank you. And move your head like a turtle. <laughs> 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 oh. Um Oh, I uh reclaim my authority to uh, I don't know about about how I look. So, like, not looking in a mirror all day, or uh, not combing my hair, or okay, um, it's or, e it's easier to mm -hmm. reclaim your authority about something than the negative of something. Like reclaiming your authority to not look in the mirror. Mm. In a way, you're trying to manipulate yourself to not look in the mirror. So I reclaim, it can be, I reclaim my authority to look horrible. Mm. Okay, I reclaim my authority to look horrible and put clothes on that don't match or uh, that I know don't look, that I think don't look good on me. Yeah. I don't even know what else. To have your ma your hair dirty, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is what I wanted to say, yes. What were you gonna say? My hair. Yes, yeah. messy not, hair. Not wash my hair. For one week. Ooh. For one week. <laughs> After Christmas. <laughs> My proposal, Kay, is for the next, we get about two minutes, is trying to find the edge of your box in terms of where the authority becomes dangerous for you to reclaim. Mm. I am drawing a blank. What about walking barefoot everywhere? If it's not too cold. It sounds terrible. <laughs> um, it can be I reclaim my authority to decide that no other people have authority on me. Mm. That's a good one. And so I, I think of particular situations with a certain person that, uh, yeah, that I don't say the truth to because I'm afraid of our, uh, violating our nice, nice agreement with each other.
What would be the authority that you reclaim then? Um, that I am, uh, that I want a house that I can live in and feel safe. Can you say the whole sentence? Um, yes, that uh, during COVID times and considering the it would the start outbreak. I, I reclaim my authority to. Oh, okay. I reclaim my authority to have, have this house be livable and feel safe for me. Well, then you reclaim your authority to make it that way. But then you to also make it that. The thing is, authority, it also comes with responsibility. Yeah, well, it's about her exposure, her mask wearing and her contacts. So maybe that's not a, a, a right thing for this particular exercise. Okay. So it's about living by your rules. So she, she adjusts to your rules. It's living by the, the recommendations of the health people. It can be, I reclaim my authority to create possibility in nonlinear ways. Mm. Because it seems like you're just yeah. missing possibility. Yeah. Creating possibility is a, is a risk. Okay. I know that my time is up. Okay. You think about this one if you want to. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Gabriella, are you on? Thank you. I, I reclaim my authority to say the truth to my friends without, oh. taking without taking responsibility how they might feel. So you reclaim your authority to speak the truth to your friends regardless of how they react. Yeah. I reclaim my authority to I reclaim my authority to say the truth. And this is the I reclaim this authority to say the truth. Gabriella, I, I would... reclaim my authority not to lie. Okay. So the thing about truth is that, whatever, it's a concept, you know, whose truth it is. And so instead of saying the truth, say my feelings, my experience, the feedback. It's about uh, lying. Okay. So this is, uh, yeah, I, I was looking for, for the words, for actually finding out in me what, what, is, the, what is this authority about. I... I reclaim my authority 
to not to lie. You reclaim your authority not to lie. Yes. Yeah. I reclaim my authority to not to smile at the gremlin jokes when I don't feel like feeling my gremlin. You reclaim your authority to not smile when people are telling gremlin jokes and you're not feeling it. You're not wanting to go into your gremlin. Yes. I reclaim my authority to stay with my feelings mm -hmm. and to express my feelings verbally and with my um, with my face and with my movements. You reclaim your, your authority to feel your feelings and express your feelings with your face and your body movement? I, I don't reclaim to feel. I reclaim my authority to express my feelings while being with people, with my face and with my body movement. Okay. You reclaim your authority to express your feelings with your face and body movements when you're with others? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I... I reclaim my authority to... Um, to go non-linear in front of other people with my um, um, with my words and and with my body movements with uh, with nonlinear body movements and poses you reclaim your authority to go nonlinear <clears throat> with your face and body movements with others yes Gabriela, would you do, I would you do one more and then I want to give Carla a chance mm -hmm. to be able to do this? Yeah. I reclaim my authority to look bad in not physically look bad, but because this I don't care, but to look bad in, in in terms of fucking something up, like not doing something well the way it should be or the best just showing where I am this is where I am and this is how I can do it I reclaim this authority mm -hmm. you reclaim the authority to do something bad or not the best or not be perfect and that just be where you are with with the thing yes thank you thank you, thank you. Hi, Carla. Hi. We started an hour um, ago. Yeah, I, I messed up the, the times. Or so I, I, I'm sorry. We're in the middle of an, of an exercise, and I think you got what it was. Yeah. So 
We are three women to hold space for you to declare where, where you've lost your authority and to reclaim it and say, I'm reclaiming back my authority to this. Okay. I reclaim my authority to be um, the mother according to the values that I believe um, and to stand up for them in front of my family. Um, I reclaim my authority um, to look bad in front of my family. I reclaim my authority um, to being wrong in front of my son. So just pause a second. Would Kay or Gabriela, would you repeat back? You reclaim your authority to look bad in front of your son. You reclaim your authority to be the mother according to the values, to your values. I reclaim my authority to, to, to say the things that I uh, believe in front of my whole family and without being afraid of their judgments. You reclaim your authority to say the things that you believe in front of your family and to not to be afraid of their judgment. I reclaim my authority to, to admit the difference that, that exists between me and the rest of the family. You reclaim your authority to admit that this, the difference that exists between you and your family. I reclaim the authority to, be, uh, to make different choices, professional choices and being and, and not wanting to be accepted or approved by doing so. You reclaim your authority to make different choices and to not have to be approved in them. Thank you, Carla. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Gabriela. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Hey, welcome back. Would everybody take a deep breath? Some of you might still be writing. 
did anybody reclaim your authority in a domain that surprised you? That you you didn't know you didn't have your authority. Yeah, Nicole. Can you share? Can you share what, what which one was it? Yeah, I reclaimed my authority to be a dramatic and theatric teller of stories. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, Susanna. I reclaim my authority. Go ahead, Dor. I reclaim my authority to smile from my body and not when people tell me, why don't you smile or want me to smile? Thank you. Mm -hmm. okay. For me, it was a lot of things I do in my basic life, like in my all, all day life. So I reclaimed my authority to sleep um, the other way around with my body. So the head into the room and my feet against the wall. And I reclaimed my authority to eat with my hands and not with cutlery. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Um, I reclaimed my authority uh, in creating something small and uh, crazy every day and um, put it online even if it's, uh, uh, I don't know the word, in English, peinlich. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. I, I, I take my, uh, I, I claim my authority to be embarrassing as much as I wa want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go, Suzanne. <laughs> what, is, what is the first post, Suzanne? Yeah. When do you publish the first thing? <laughs> Tomorrow, yeah. I, I just. <laughs> Anybody else? Nayare. I reclaim my authority of eating what I want, even if it's not healthy. Thank you. I, I reclaim my authority back to do things that are not reasonable and not responsible. Mm. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Yeah. Andrea, there's an, an extra rule to this is please don't get arrested. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no arrest. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to find me and they're going to, yeah. 
I heard a great one from Carla. She was in our group and she said, I reclaim my authority to be wrong mm -hmm. in front of my children. Was, wow. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I wasn't really like so surprised about it because I had it up in a call just yesterday, but I reclaim my authority to be really confused. <laughs> and to look confused. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ingrid. I reclaim my authority to be not clear and to be complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I reclaim my authority of making money and not feeling shame or guilt of how I make my money. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Go Pontus. Yeah. I reclaim. Go on. I reclaim my authority to ask for advice or perspective and tell them ahead of time that I might not actually do the thing that they say. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I reclaim my authority to my own life timeline. So fuck the society timeline. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Natalia. Thank you. I want to ask Nicole um, Wagner. Nicole, would you like to share anything with us? You're muted. Yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, one of the things that I had mentioned too was actually reclaiming. Um, the, the right to be wrong. Um, another one that came up was reclaiming um, my right to sing. Nicole, I just want to make it, there's a distinction between your right to, mm. because when you say I'm right to be wrong, was. then it's a, it's like this declaration of human rights or my rights. And if people mm. don't respect my rights, then I'm, I can get offended or I can attack them. So this is not about being right or wrong or deserving this. It comes from a completely different place of your own authority declaring, I, de I decide, I choose, I declare, I ask. And I reclaim this authority to uh, be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. In the exercise, I, I said it the way you, because you had, um, written it there so that was helpful to remind you so I just had forgotten the wording right now but it's a very important distinction and it's interesting that it came up so and that's very me like you know these are my rights like I'm the rebel like I will fight against the system so it's interesting that that came out so thank you for bringing that to my attention um but yeah I declared my authority to sing um at home or in public or Yay. Mm -hmm. 
I uh, mainly connect to my fear to reclaim my authority. And I thought I was creative enough. And actually, I reclaim my authority to be more creative and to start to play an instrument three times per week to redraw again. And one time per week to have a session, creative session with whatever tools that came, that comes. Thank you. I reclaim my authority to be loud and uncontrolled and just stupid. Ah! Yes! <laughs> Go! I reclaim my authority to speak, to start talking without knowing what I will say and I reclaim my, uh, reclaimed my authority to um, be in the nothing as a space holder and to feel my feelings. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. When are you holding space? I want to be there. That's what I wanted to say. Please tell me. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I want it's to be there as a, as a sister and as a friend and as a being with you in your nothingness and your feelings. Yeah, space holding is my biggest challenge in my life, I guess. Mm, yeah. Thank you. <sighs> I reclaim. Oh, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead, Kay. Yeah, I reclaim my authority to be an authority with authorities who are explaining something to me that I don't want explained by asking them what is their purpose. Leslie, do you have anything for us? I take back my authority to be angry for no reason. Cool. I reclaim my authority to be happy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I claim my authority to ask dangerous questions and to open new spaces, even though it puts in danger, it might put in danger the relationship. Hmm. Did anybody reclaim your authority to reclaim your authority. Nicole, Mia, okay. So mm -hmm. we can do this right now because 
in this workshop where I'm here, the space holder, and I'm saying, let's do this exercise where you get to reclaim your authority. How easy it is to slip in, oh, an authority gave me permission to reclaim <laughs> my authority. <laughs> and then a moment I'm gone, or there's no authority to give you this permission, you, you can't do it. So if you want right now, with all your microphone turned on, with those ones you want, you can say, I reclaim my authority to take back my authority. I reclaim my authority to take back my authority. I reclaim my authority for no reason. For no reason. I reclaim my authority to take back my authority for no reason. Yes. 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 I had a, a piece of paper in my purse some years ago. It said, license to go everywhere to, to say anything and to do anything you want. Mm -hmm. I'll probably do that again. Oh, thank you. And this thing about yeah. wanting, about do anything that I want is is um, tricky in a way because we have a lot of parts. So our, our dead mechanical survival strategy has a lot of wants. It wants to be safe, it wants to be seen, it wants to be heard, it wants to be respected, it wants to be uh, taken care of, it wants people to be nice with it. It want... So this is also, we have a, this part of us that wants that has particular wants that are survival wants. And so when, when this, we open this door of, I mean, taking back your authority is about creating what you want. Okay, but which I is speaking when you say, I want this. And we have so many parts. I wanna put in the, well, actually I would ask somebody, Nicole, would you put the two website authority and parts in the in the chat can you do this thank you uh, so there's this website that we have called parts and it lists about 50 of our different parts so we have a zoo in there like it's a whole full ecology and often we change our parts like the, our identification with different parts of us unconsciously so we say i want um I want, oh, I love you. And then the, the second, the next, you know, the next move is a move of betrayal <coughs> or is a move of revenge or is, well, I want actually you to feel shit because I feel shit. Okay, well, those are two different parts. This part, I love you. And this part where I want you to feel as shit as I am. But because we change so fast between our parts, we, we don't, we don't notice this, this whole zoo ecology inside of us. But it is true that to create what you want, you first have to know what you want. 
I mean, in how often have you find yourself in a situation where you're sitting there and you're just like, I don't know what I want. I don't know. I cannot choose. I cannot decide. I cannot uh, declare what I want. And, and this is part of our numbness with our feeling. Our feeling has so much information and energy for us in terms of what we want and which part of us wants what. And also actually our disconnection with our five bodies. So here we work with five bodies for people who have not been in really this work before of the intellectual body, the physical body, the emotional body, which is the center in the heart and has feeling and emotion and the energetic body and the archetypal body. And I want to get a chance to, I want to get a chance to jump into another exercise and before we have a little time for questions or sharing at the end. And this is about what do I want that would make me more alive? How do I, how do I find the things that I want would act, that actually makes me more alive? So this is not about the survival wants. It's about the expanding wants, the ones that probably are scary, the ones that are, are just <laughs> at this edge of the box because this is where authentic intimacy and vulnerability and connection or extraordinary connection can happen at, this, at the edge of the box. And so the want would be at this edge. For example, so we'll go in pairs and you'll look inside of yourself and you get to share, you get to look into yourself, discover and share one want per body that will make you more alive. For example, my, my energetic body to become more alive, my energetic body wants to have 30 minutes of silence and doing nothing at least once a week. I was just checking inside. And that is scary for me because I'm very comfortable being really busy. And to make that time for myself and my energetic body is really at the edge. And if I look in another body, like my physical body, my, my physical body to become more alive would need to have some touch, physical touch from woman. Okay, so if I think about this, I'm on an island in Lagomera where nobody speaks English and I don't have any female friends here. That means I would need to go and ask like the cashier to hold my hand or you know, somebody on the street if that's what my physical body really needs to be more alive. Because I don't, yeah, I don't have a community of women around me here. So this would be, you would look into your five bodies and you say one, one want that would make you more alive per bodies. And you get about four or five minutes. So it's about less than a minute per body. And for the archetypal body, just get wild. Okay, your archetypal body is what, what, 
even if you don't really get what it is, it's what you're here for. It's what you're here for. So try to sense into it and share what would it need to become more alive that particular body. Okay, here we go. I recreated the rooms. And I'll tell you when to shift. Hello, Chris. Chris. Sorry, I fell out. Okay. Can you send me again to room two? Uh, yes. I think you're here. Do you get it? You have to click on the breakout room at the bottom, at the bottom of the, the screen. You get you the little breakout room sign. Are you talking to me? Yes. I. I just fell out of Zoom. It just yeah, I, I invited you back I again. Do. Yeah, yeah, now it's working. Okay. Maria, here you are alone in your room. Okay, stay with us. And we'll do this together. Okay. Maria, would you start? Yes. Um... my physical body would need to feel more alive to go for a run to go for a run Maria, try to say instead of saying need which is sort of a victim position say want okay a stand position taking a stand okay. yeah so my physical body wants to go for a run for 30 minutes, at least once a month. Mm. My mental body needs... Wants. Wants. My mental body wants to be challenged to have some conversations and to be in a reading group, to read something with people and then to talk about it, to share about what it's read, what we read. Thank you. My emotional body wants intimacy wants to create a moment of intimacy every day. What would, what would it mean, intimacy? What does it mean? Mm, it means that moment when my heart is open to give and receive joy. It's a, it's a 
heart connection that creates joy and openness. Okay, so your, your emotional body would be more alive when there's one a moment, so ten, five minutes, 10 minutes per day, where there would be this opening of joy and connection. Yes. Um, my energetical body wants wants to be creative and wants to to talk to random people in the street so yeah, what, what, what would be the, the purpose like what would be the, the part that feeds you it would be to to, to break this um, these bubbles that we're in right now where everyone is a bit suspicious of someone else and standing apart and to just remember we are humans and we are walking in the street in the same time and say hello. Thank you. Thank you. And my archetypal body once when you said get crazy I had this impulse, like, I want to create a new world. I want to create something that has never been here before, that I don't know what it is, but I want, I want to see more people happy and laughing, and I want to create that space where there are no rules of this system that I know and that I don't believe in. I want something else. Okay, then. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Maria, um, I just, just want to say to Maria, um, this part of the archetypal body that says, I want, to, I want to create a different world. I want a different space. I want where the rules are different. This is like the big, this is the big thing. You know, that's, and then there's all those different, there's all those small steps to actually build it one brick at a time or like one step at a time. And, it, yes. and you can connect with it like every day and say, okay, what about today? What's my job today? Yes. You know, I really want to share what I start to do. It's I start writing and illustrating a book for kids about feelings and emotions. And yeah. When is it going to be published? I don't have a deadline. I, I don't have a deadline yet. Okay. <laughs> Would you let us know? Yes. Okay. Wow. Cool. Okay. Kay, we're listening. Okay. Uh, emotional body. I want to contact as many like old friends as I can between now and Christmas and just uh, makes me cry. Just say hi. Mm -hmm. um, 
my physical body, I want to do the Strozzi practices that I'm learning about, about how your posture and movement uh, reflects and inspires new things, like how you move your body, how you hold your body. Um, the way you can say it, Kay, is how my physical body or like what how my intellectual body could come more alive or wants to become more alive is oh oh okay um how my energetic body wants to become more alive i gotta say yoga um <clears throat> my mental body wants to become more alive is to contact this woman that I, two women that I heard about that are doing this amazing work um, that I want to know more about. Some of it's about being scholars about Joan of Arc and um, um, the way I am nurturing my archetypal body to become more alive is, is creating this, space via a website and a name and a program about the new feminine and the new masculine and how to get women even more into like the feminine is almost extinct like how how to even know what we want and um it's called evocative futuring and so, yeah, I trademarked the name yesterday and build the website. And what, for it to become more alive, what's next? What's next for your archetypal lineage and, and your archetypal body in this? Working with this woman, who understands this, um, her name's Sabina, and keeping in contact with her and doing the next thing with her. And the practices that I already do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'll go ahead while they have a little more time. My intellectual body would become more alive if I, if I, I, I didn't know that, if I actually read uh, French, it's been a long time I haven't spoken French and read French and I want to get that other part of my intellectual body get fed again. And with the vocabulary and the, different metaphors and the different cultural language that's around that. And my emotional body to become more alive somehow wants to have a big cry. I feel like I haven't really 
sobbed in a long time about just the transformation that I've been through in the past, um, yeah, weeks. Mm. And yeah, my archetypal body a lot. And <laughs> okay, I, I'll go ahead. My archetypal body to become more alive, wants to be in contact, wants to create connection with bigger game world who could use possibility management as one of their contexts. And that's really... Okay, ich ganz kurz noch hier was schreiben und dann kann ich wieder... Good. Okay, people are coming back in. Okay, welcome back. Would everybody take a deep breath? In a way, it's to take care of your, your energetic body. I mean, all your five bodies, but a lot your energetic body that shifts, like the shift online is really fast. And it just is a way to be sensitive to your energetic body to give you some space between the one-on-one -on -one space um, in that sort of really intimate space and then uh, intimate space with a bigger group. We have just a few minutes left and I just want to say before I open for a bigger space of question and sharing that those two practices that we did tonight, this declaration, I reclaim my authority to and, and blah, blah, blah. You can do this once a day. Once a day, You choose a moment and you and you and you pick one. And it's sort of a it's a process and a practice that just builds on each other like this. And then give yourself examples or experiment to step into to inhabit this authority that you've just given yourself back for no reason, in a way. For no reason, you've given yourself the authority back to whatever it is. And this is a rev I mean, in a way, it's a revolution. To get your authority back, it's a revolution. So here we are, revolutionaries on Zoom, reclaiming your authority back. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> and, and this other one, and then it sort of builds on this, okay, now that I have my authority, what am, what am I going to do with it? Sort of what am I going to do with it? And, and the way you can know is about, okay, what do I want? And to, I found this way of bypassing the, the dead mechanical survival strategy, wanting, or actually you can notice when you say I need, instead of saying I want. When, I, when you say I need, often that's the survival part that is tightening up. And needing becomes from, comes from this survival victim place. And then if you shift from that to, okay, I'm checking my body. How can my bodies become more alive? What do they want? And then I'm taking a stand. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm reclaiming my authority want to want something different. I'm reclaiming my authority to have wants that are nonlinear, that are unreasonable. 
that are irresponsible, like somebody said, so, like ones that are unreasonable and nonlinear and that people don't get or people don't agree with. Okay, and this is the, this is the, like the building blocks for creating, I mean, creating intimacy, creating extraordinary intimacy. Because the next step with this, and this is also, we build this in a, in a five-day um, training lab called uh, Intimacy Journeyer. The next step with this is negotiating the intimacy of what you want. So it's great to know what you want. Can you negotiate with another person to have, to create this want in connection, in collaboration? And this, the negotiation goes, okay, I want, um, I want to spend 30 minutes on the couch together with our arm touching, but in silence. As the other person says, Yes, and this is when you've got some skill in negotiation. The other person makes a counter offer. Yes, and I want to do this and light up a candle because this will be a sacred place for us. And it goes back to you. Okay, yes, and I want to make sure that the door is closed so nobody disturbs us and we all turn off our phone and our computers. Okay, yes, and, and after, after the 30 minutes, I want to, I want to make tea for you. And like on and on and on, and it's, it becomes more vulnerable, more loving, more um, like nonlinear and, and, and extraordinary. And this is this, this skill of negotiating intimacy. And you can practice that really with anybody. So that would be the next step. Okay, anything? Susanne said something. Susanne, you have to say it out loud. I take back my authority to publish my embarrassing creations from tomorrow onward on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will follow you. Me too. <laughs> Can you post your Instagram link? It's right I post it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's blank up to now. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll save the chat and I'll publish it next to the uh, next to the recording of this. Anything, anything right now, just to in those last minutes. Yeah, and Chloe, are you planning to do the the um, intimacy lab soon? Yes, in June in Portugal, five days. And if you really. <laughs> <laughs> if you make an offer, when we come around, say that again. Right, somebody is on. Uh, I said, if you make a tempting offer, we can do this in America when we come around. Yeah, it's a it's really, it's such a fantastic space of discovering what else is possible in creating intimacy and how we have been fooled. Leon, I'm muting you. Uh, we have been fooled in, or we've been lied to or omitted to of, of the vast territory that we don't know that we don't know about, about creating intimacy. And, and that actually this territory is, is endless 
because of the counter offers. There's always a possibility of somebody making a like a more live, more like bigger, more crazy offer. And I mean, my first experience with more this conscious negotiation was I had met Clinton at the ecosystem restoration camp and we both got fired or let's say we fired a boss. We had taken back our authority to fire a boss. And we were fired and we were there with our luggages in this tiny little city called Caracadac Cruz in Murcia in Spain. And, and we just look at each other and Clinton says, well, do you want to go to Bali for a month with me? And I had to take a deep breath. <laughs> I said, yes. And I said, and I, I, I pay for the plane tickets and I paid for the plane tickets. And then, and then basically our negotiating intimacy has never stopped from there. But it was, you can make bold moves like that and see where echo and life takes you. Echo is the Earth Coincidence Control Office, for those who are not familiar <laughs> with the creatures who decide who you meet and where you go. <laughs> okay, then, this is it. Oh, Ingrid. I just wanted to say, I, uh, I uh, what my um, archetypal body needs is that I fully trust that every moment in life happens for me and that I have the capacity to, to recognize that it's always extraordinary. This was, when you told about Clinton and you, this reminded me of that. Yes, this, this is, it's every, at every moment, that is only extraordinary, and I have the capacity to see it. <laughs> you should read a website, Ingrid, <laughs> that is called Radical Reliance. And you can take back your authority to radically rely on the force of the bright principles, radically rely on Gaia, radically rely on your archetypal lineage, radically rely on the possibility or po like possibility or the possibility of extraordinary and and it's a you know and it's like okay i'm in your hands i'm in your hands now take take me where i should go and you tell tell us then where where you went okay <laughs> okay this is it beautiful creatures beings and authoritarian or self self-authorized authority self-authorized <laughs> authority thank you for going on this journey tonight thank you 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 very much and chloe you bye bye thank you bye everyone bye 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 Bye, Suzanne. Ciao, ciao. It's just us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Christa Crystal. Crystal, yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you, Aunt Chloe, for letting me in one hour later. But it still, it still made a lot of sense to me. 
So thank you so much for letting me in. Yeah, no problem. And this is recorded. So if you want to listen to the first hour and then hear your voice in the second hour, uh, you can do that. Okay. I'll post it. Okay. Where, where will you post it? The, the recording? On, the, on the Next Culture Radio, most probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.